Time to get inspired, develop and improve your yoga knowledge in English. You listen to Your Yoga in English, a podcast for non-native English-speaking yogis that want to practice or teach yoga worldwide. My name is Annie, the founder of Enga Unite, and here to guide you on your way to become the confident, effective and knowledgeable English-speaking yogi you want to be. So, how to memorize your sequences? Let me quickly summarize a little bit of what we spoke about in the last two weeks, because I was live two weeks ago to speak about ways, but the reasons why sequencing might be difficult or why it might be challenging for you. And there I spoke that it's probably because of a lack of exposure to sequencing. So a lack of exposure in your teacher training or after that in your continuing education. It might also be a lack of consistency. So consistent self-practice. It could be inconsistent students so that your students don't always come back to your classes. Maybe you find it hard to find inspiration or you're not using a theme, intention or purpose and you're teaching to your students instead of for your students. So if you didn't see this training, go to the videos on Instagram and you can find it there. We will also upload it to our podcast. So if you are familiar with our podcast, the Your Yoga in English podcast, you can find it there in a couple of weeks too. And summarizing the week, the training of last week, which was gaining confidence in your sequences or sequencing skills. We spoke about self-practice, so always practicing, creating your own sequencing bank, repeating sequences in your cues, cultivating consistency, and offering private classes. So again, if you didn't see this training, I think it's super beneficial for you. So have a look at our Instagram videos, our Facebook videos, or have a look on the podcast, Your Yoga and English podcast. And it's on Spotify, on Apple Podcast, I think it's called, on Google Podcast, so you can find it anywhere. Just have a look. So that's about that. Memorizing your sequencing. So the third part. By now, especially those that have been following us for a while, you know that every teacher is different. Every person is different. Every human being is different. So if you're really into Ayurveda or into astrology like I am, you can maybe identify for yourself the easiest ways to memorize already. You might have an idea. Some teachers love to write out detailed sequences and scripts. Other people keep it to bullet points or stick figures. Maybe you've already tried a few things. Maybe you've tried already a few methods or know that some methods work for you. But if you don't try them out, you will not find out. So it might be that you're really stuck doing one thing because it once worked, but it no longer serves you. So I would recommend take a notebook, grab your notebook, write down with me so that you can explore different ways of memorizing your sequences. Yeah, and with time, with practice, with trying out, experimenting, you will find your own way too. So then in terms of memorizing the sequence, here are some tips. Here are some ideas that you can experiment with. 
Again, make it your own and choose a technique that match your teaching style, that match your learning preference. So if you choose to draw and write out your sequences, sequencing notes, bring them to class. I recommend that you do that carefully because when you're teaching, you want to pay attention to your students and offer guidance and make sure that they get what they deserve, they get what they need, instead of trying to figure out what you've drawn or what you've written. So when you do decide to write things out, make sure you can read it afterwards. Yeah, I'm going to give you some tips. All right, number one, your personal practice slash practice what you teach. And I keep repeating this because it's so important important and it's underestimated. So the practice of yoga is not something that you study. It's something that you embody. And to embody something means that you're so fluent doing it, that it comes to you so naturally that you know exactly what you're doing without even thinking about it. So through regular and consistent practice, you will be able to better memorize your sequences. So yoga is transmitted, understanding yoga is transmitted through doing instead of simply studying books, watching videos, going to lectures. We need that information to obtain knowledge, but yoga is caught. It's something that you get. It's something that you embody. It's not something that you actually teach or that you just understand through teaching. So your personal practice is extremely important for many reasons. It helps you remember as well the sequences that you want to teach. Because a good yoga teacher doesn't only teach what they haven't practiced, they really, really embody it. So you already know that you can only teach what you've practiced yourself. You can only teach what you have experienced, what you understand, what you've digested, what you've processed. And after that, are able to deliver that type of information in a way that resonates with your students. So whatever you teach, you want to embody it. And you will want to have felt the effects in the good days, but also your limitations on bad days. So in your personal practice, you want to have done exactly what you're guiding your students to do so that you develop a sense of what your students will experience as well. And take time during your self-practice and consider what this sensation or what this movement, what this adjustment or the transition, what all of these things could look like or feel like in another person's body. So, for example, ask yourself, how could that transition have felt for someone that's more or that's less flexible in the hip area as I am? So constantly ask yourself questions and think of your students while you're practicing what you're going to teach as well. So using your personal practice to think through your sequence as if you were your students. And that will allow you to add variations and cueing to be really, truly mindful of your students' experience. Yeah, so a regular practice will not only make you feel more confident because you know what you're doing and because you've practiced it so many times, with time, 
because you've done it so much, you will also remember it much easier. Yeah, so it becomes a second nature or something you don't have to make time for or an effort for anymore. So that's number one, your self-practice. And it's important for so many reasons. I can go on and on and on about it. All right, so number two, ways to memorize your sequences. Sequences. <laughs> Highlight your detailed design and scripts. So if you are a teacher that likes to write out their whole sequence and write out the whole script, highlight the details that you really want to make sure that you add in your yoga class or that you speak about when you're teaching. So sometimes it helps to take a marker. Do I have a marker here? I don't think so. So a marker are these pens with colors and you can highlight them. So when you look at your page, you see them more obviously. Yes, yeah, so a marker or a highlighter can help you to make the important parts like an asana or a cue or a part of your sequence with a color so that it stands out. And that way you will minimize the chance on forgetting it, but it also makes it easier to find it when you're in the middle of your teaching. Because when you're on your mat and when you're in class with your students, you're obviously not going to read everything out from your script, are you? I would be surprised. <laughs> You're not going to read everything out from your script. So when you've got these highlights in there with a color like yellow or orange or green or pink, something really bright, it stands out and you can look at it, remind yourself of it, and then continue with the class. It's easier to find. Number two is keywords or bullet points, using keywords or bullet points. So if you're a teacher like this that really wants to write out detailed scripts or detailed sequences, you can make a great second version in which you only write down the keywords or the bullet points with the most important parts or the parts that you're most likely going to forget. So if you've got your whole sequence and you know, for example, Surya Namaskar A or B or C or traditional, this is something that you often repeat. You might not have to actually write down the whole list of asanas anymore. Instead, you write down Surya Namaskar three rounds or five rounds, however many you want to do. That way, you've got a bullet point there or keywords that will remind you of what you have to do at that part of your sequence. For example, I used to teach a warrior flow every Saturday at the studio I was working at. It was the same sequence for, a good, I think, a year or so, very long time. To me, I obviously knew that in my first round, I would do all the warriors with the legs facing the front of the mat. So warrior one, humble warrior. I added a pyramid pose. And sometimes I did maybe eagle pose to really get into the first primary movements there. So I knew that was going to happen all the time. For me, that was my warrior one sequencing block. You can do the same for you. Maybe it's a warrior dance or maybe it's a warrior two sequencing block. Maybe it's a standing asana block. Maybe it's a seated asana block. 
So if you're doing things on repeat and you know you're going to repeat that in that sequence, write it down in bullet points instead of writing down all the asanas because that's a lot to remember in your body because you've done a lot of self-practice, your body will already remember it, yeah? So that way you are less likely to forget it. You're less likely to be in the middle of your class and don't know what you're doing anymore. So you can identify these parts in your personal practice or in your teaching practices and keep your notes nearby in the front of your mat or underneath your mat. Some teachers, they don't like when their students can see that they've got notes with them. I personally think that's absolutely fine because having notes with you only makes only shows that you are that you care about what you're doing and that you prepared and that you want to make sure that we're, you're going in the right flow and that you've got something there for them and you feel prepared doing so. So I personally don't think it's necessary, but I understand that some teachers don't like when their students see their notes. What you can do is place your notebook or your piece of paper underneath your mat. And whenever you feel stuck or whenever you feel like you forgot your sequence or you just want to double check if you're doing it right, you can just take your students into downward facing dog, for example, or an asana in where they can't see you, lift your mat and have a quick look, and then continue the class. So that's if you want to do that. So it's just a really quick way to double check where in the sequence you are and or maybe just to double check where you need to go next yeah and continue but the tip really was use keywords or use bullet points i'm going off track here <laughs> number four already is drawing stick figures so some people have asked me how do i draw stick figures and it's actually really simple but i believe that this is something that's completely up to you because you are the person that needs to understand what asana you have drawn. So some teachers really like to draw out their full sequences with stick figures or with symbols. So a stick figure is a very simple drawing of a person in an asana or a posture. It's composed of a few lines and helps you to visualize or to see what's next in your sequence. This technique, drawing your stick figures, works especially well for visual learners. So your stick figures and symbols can look like anything as long as you are able to recognize them in the heat of the moment. So yes, that's one option. Last one is create your own language. And I'm a big fan of this. I've got two things that you can do in terms of creating your own language. So especially when teaching yoga in a foreign language, remembering asana names, body parts, anatomical terms, whatsoever can be challenging. And it can be challenging to memorize at first because when you're teaching, you have to think of so many things, not only your language and communication, but also your students and observe their bodies. Make sure that you can actually adjust to what you're seeing or give them cues based on what they need in that moment. So there's a lot of things that you have to think of when you're teaching a class. 
For that reason, having your notes with you can really help to give you a little bit of confidence or something to fall back on when you're lost or when you don't know what to do anymore. But like I said, full scripts are not going to work because there's too much to look at. One way is the highlighting. The other way are stick figures. The next thing are creating your own language. And I've got two memorization techniques for that. The first one is abbreviations. And abbreviations are letters that form a word with the first letters of all the words that you want to remember. I'm going to give you an example. <laughs> Think of downward facing dog. Yeah, downward facing dog. D-F-D. So the abbreviation is D-F-D. Or if you want to use Sanskrit, Adho Mukha Svanasana. Adho Mukha Svanasana is A-M-S. And then the short term or the abbreviation becomes AMS or A-M-S. Yeah, it's easy like that. All right. The other way of remembering your sequences in terms of creating your own language is using phonetics. Those that study English, they might be familiar with this. Those that have been studying with me definitely are. Because I really like to write out the words as I hear them to make it easier for me to remember them, but also pronounce them. So head to knee pose could be something like well, I can't show you this. Visualize this or write down with me. So if I hear head to knee pose, in my head, I would write it down as H-E-D-T-U-N-I-P-O-S. Yeah. So we're writing just the letters that we hear. To me, that makes it easier to pronounce things but it also makes it easier to remember. That's something that works with my learning preference. It might work for you, might not, but try it out for yourself. So head to knee pose, H-E-D-T-U-N-I-P-O-S. That's an option. It could also be Pashimottanasana and write it down the way you hear it. So the way you hear it will be different from me. Simply because we probably speak another first language. So write it down the way that you hear it. And for people that speak Spanish, it will look different than for the people that speak French. For the people that speak German, it will look different for the people that speak Italian. So think of the way that you hear it and write it down that way. So that's not only to remember, but also to pronounce it better. So those are my five ways. Let me summarize for you. We've got ways to memorize your sequences, your personal practice, super, super, super important. Number two is highlight your detailed scripts or your detailed sequences, your detailed designs. So use a color so that your important parts or the things that you really need to include in your sequence, you can remember or look at your sheet and remember straight away what it was. Number three is using keywords or bullet points. So instead of writing down everything, write only the little details or the little, maybe a summary or maybe a block or maybe the way that it works for you. Experiment, experiment with it. 
And then we've got drawing stick figures. So I showed you that for those that are listening to this on the podcast later, have a look on our Instagram because you will be able to see that in our post, what stick figures look like. And then we've got creating your own language. So writing down in phonetics or writing down abbreviations. Yeah. So those are my five techniques for you. If you go throughout the day and you do have questions, always feel free to send me a message. Send me a message on Instagram or Facebook or my email at annie.engaunite.com. Sending you all lots of love and speak very, very soon. Bye, everyone. You listen to Your Yoga in English brought to you by Enga Unite a unique online learning platform for non-native English-speaking yogis. If you liked what you learned today, I would love for you to leave a review. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us at Enga Unite. Join the community and become a member of the Teach Yoga in English support group. Check out our continuing education membership that offers you the chance to develop your skills and expertise through self-paced learning and live classes and training. If you want help understanding what you need to improve and create an action plan to achieve the goals that you have for your career as an international yoga teacher, book a free discovery call with me, Annie. You can find all the links in the show notes. This is your time to invest time in your personal and professional development.